taking risks. You know, if I had it, like you said, like if I hadn't written back and said like, you know, just kidding, I'm, I'm good for this interview. Um, you know, I wouldn't be here. I would be, you know, back in school and I, you know, like I probably wouldn't be working at Apple. What's up tribe. Welcome back to the podcast that brings you closer to the world's biggest risk takers and enemies of the status quo. This podcast is for people who want to take the plunge in life, but need a little nudge. I'm your host, Coach Darren K. Roberts, and I went from Harvard Law to the NFL by the grace of God and good old-fashioned grit. Hey, Tribe, one of the chapters in my book, Call an Audible, is entitled Get in the Building. And in that chapter, I talk about finding any way that you possibly can to break into a new profession. Well, our guest today, Kevin Turner, was a freshman student in my game plan for winning at life class when he decided to make a pivot to Silicon Valley. This is the first time, Tribe, that I have featured a former student on the podcast, and I can't wait for you to hear the story of Kevin Turner. Kevin, welcome to the Tribe. Thanks for being on. Thank you for having me. Hey, so listen, Tribe members, this is a little different episode. So I've brought in Kevin Turner, who was a student in my game plan for winning at life class. It's a class that I've taught at the University of Texas for four years. And we really dive into the research behind how you can become a better person. Concepts like vulnerability and empathy and bias and grit are just a few of the topics that we explore. And I thought that Kevin's story really underlines one of the main themes that we talk about here on the tribe, which is grit and just getting into the building. So without further ado, I'm going to jump right into this. And Kevin, let's say that I walked into your eighth grade English class and pulled you into the hallway and asked you, what do you want to be when you grow up? What would the answer have been? Um, so eighth grade wasn't too long ago. Um, <laughs> so I, I think my answer would have been software engineer. I think, uh, I think I would have been spot on on that one. So you knew you wanted to be a software engineer in the eighth grade? Yeah, I think I, think I became interested in programming um, in middle school around that time. So um, actually, that would have been the beginning of it for sure. Yeah. So how does one become interested in programming? Like what were some of the sparks that made you think that this is something you wanted to go into? Sure. Yeah. So um, I guess I, I got an interest in technology in general whenever I got like an iPod for Christmas. And I think like sixth grade or something like that. Uh, and that opened this whole new world of, of uh, technology to me. It was one of those, you know, with uh that had everything that the iPhone had besides the phone, right? So, you know, all these apps and whatnot. And that's what really opened uh, up this world of technology to me and what, what kind of got me interested in it. Um, as for programming itself, it's kind of funny. I um, I watched that movie, The Social Network, on Mark, Zuck on Mark, yes, Mark Zuckerberg. Yes, Zuckerberg, yep. Yeah, and, um, you know, obviously a lot of that movie centers around uh, some of the issues he um, – yeah, some of the issues he encountered legally later on. But what, what struck me as, you know, like what a seventh, eighth grader was this guy sat in his dorm and, you know, made something that we all use for all intents and purposes, like by himself. Yeah. Um, and that was really cool to me. And I thought that was like a superpower. Right. And uh, I, I wanted to be a part of that. Yeah, I think it's interesting how sort of these I always ask people about movies or books or podcasts or, or songs. Like what was the initial spark? And so for you. Seeing that movie and thinking, man, this guy built this thing at a in a dorm room at Harvard. 
um, you know, there's the potential for me to really create something that can scale and could have a lot of value just beyond your immediate surroundings. Yeah, absolutely. So why the University of Texas? Like, talk us through the college application process. Uh, yeah, so um, I, I, it was pretty much my top choice from the beginning. Um, uh, it, my sister goes there currently, so that was, that was certainly a plus, I guess. Um, I already had a longhorn in the family. Um, and this, the computer science program was really good. And like I said, I, I had known from a, from a while that I wanted to pursue a degree in computer science and, uh, UT was a pretty good, uh, place to go. I mean, I applied to a few other places, um, uh, Stanford being among them. Um, A&M is kind of a backup, you know, but, uh, for sure UT was like the, the, the top choice for me. Okay. Logic, yeah. All right. So now tribe, this is where, I don't care what you're doing, if you're listening to this, if you're, um, you know, biking, cycling, cooking uh, breakfast, going through your closet. This is when you're going to need to sit down, pull out a writing instrument. I want you to really listen to the story that Kevin's going to to tell us, because in my class, so I, I had Kevin in class and he told me about how he finagled his way into a job with Apple. And so, Kevin, just walk us through the process. I'm going to interrupt you at times. You know, that's the way I do it. But just sure. talk to us about, like, your approach from the very beginning and how you ended up in, in Cupertino. Sure, sure. From the very beginning of, you know, my freshman semester, I really wanted to get uh, an internship at uh, particularly one of the, the big companies that I admired, uh, Apple being among them. And uh, I... I was dead set on it. I printed out so many resumes. Um, I went to career fair. I was the freshman who um, handed out my resume to anybody that would, you know, listen. Um, and uh, so eventually there was there was this Apple recruiting event in September, uh, and of course I went. Uh, you know, printed out a number of resumes for that. And uh, you know, they have tables for each team at Apple, and uh, I just went around to every single one that was uh, looking for computer science majors, and and uh, you know handed my resume and, and, and tried to see if I could get anyone to bite. Right. Um, and you know, there's a whole room full of these people. And, and by the end of it, I had one, uh, I had one, uh, offer to interview on, on campus. And that was, that was the only one. And so of course, you know, of course I took it. It happened a couple of days later. Um, it, they gave me a pretty easy coding question in retrospect, but, um, I, I, I did not, I did not solve it to any, any good degree. Um, it was, this was my first interview of, of that, of that kind where they're asking you questions. And, um, yeah, I, I looking back on it, I flunked it, <laughs> but at the time I, I think I thought I did okay. Okay. So pause right here. Okay. So I want to pause on this one. Okay. So this career fair, was it open to freshmen? Uh, I, it was open to all undergrads. Um, okay. but, uh, I, I, I don't think it's, if you're a freshman, you kind of go in there with the expectation that you're just going to get brushed off, right? You don't have uh, the same portfolio as a lot of those other guys. Yeah. And so, and one thing that I found just from talking with freshmen is that many times freshmen don't even go to those sorts of events just because they don't feel like, like you said, they don't have the resume, they don't have the work experience. And so they just wait until their junior or even their senior year. But I really want to know from you, like, why did you go? I mean, we know that the, you know, the expected outcome for you, best case scenario is that you would get a gig at a place like, like Apple, but were you nervous? I mean, were there some points where you're like, I don't know if I should really show up? Like, what was your thought process behind pulling the trigger and making the decision to go? Yeah. So I guess my case is a little different in that I had, um, 
I had been programming on the side in high school, and I had made it a couple iPhone apps. Um, I had I had gotten uh, in a high school internship uh, at Hewlett Packard, and they had a, they had a high school internship program. So I had uh, more experience than the typical freshman, and I hence felt uh, confident that this extra experience I could sell myself on the basis of this experience. You know, no matter how unofficial it, it might have been, in comparison to some other things I could have had. Um, or that I, I would, some other people would have um, in, in college, but um, I, I felt confident that would be enough to get me somewhere. Yeah. So you, so you go through this little coding exercise. Now, you know, I'm a, I'm a man of the liberal arts, so I know that I can speak for myself. I won't understand anything you're about to say, but could you just give us a sense of what the coding question or challenge was? Sure. So, um, People, people who, who know anything about coding are probably going to laugh. This is, this is a pretty easy question. Um, it's, uh, it's to reverse a linked list, and a linked list is a type of data structure. Um, and it's to reverse it in without using an extra data structure. Um, so meaning you, you're reversing the computer's pointers to different pieces of data as you, as you go along this um, piece of data. It's not too hard of a question. Um, it was on paper, and I, I remember just like having... Uh, like my mind was blank and I'm like scratching stuff out and, and all kinds of, and all kinds of stuff. So reverse a linked list. So this could be like, just like terms in this list, like a, like a, a, a list of like words. I, it, it could be a list of uh, data. It's generic enough that it could hold, you know, integers, numbers, um, or, or particular strings like words. Um, uh, gotcha. the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so you in real time, you thought you you'd done okay? <laughs> yeah, because I, I think I came up with a solution that used like a, a kind of a suboptimal solution, and I couldn't get the the full one. And I kind of thought, oh well, you know, I I, I got the uh, I got something right, but um, no, no. Looking back on it, it's uh, it's an easy enough question that I should have been expected to to um, finish it if I was to to get the job. Okay, so in round one, you you interview, you answer this question. What's the next step? Uh, you know, they, they said, all right, well, thank you. And like, we'll be in touch, right? Um, and about, I think about four weeks went by. Um, no word back. Um, and, and this is where I'm, I'm glad I thought I had a chance, uh, regardless of the fact that I, I really didn't. Uh, it's because I, I emailed the recruiter back, and I, I wanted to hear back. I, at this point, I was like, you know, it's been four weeks. It's probably rejection. But um, I kind of wanted to – a part of me still kind of felt like I had a chance, I guess. And um, I emailed back and said, you know, like, I'm still interested in this position. Um, is it like, is this like, what's the status, basically? Um, and the recruiter wrote back and he was like, you know, we've we filled that position. But if you send me your resume, I can, you know, see what I can do. And, you know, so I, I did. And, you know, he, he writes back like, you know, it looks like you've you're matching a position that I'm hiring for. Um, but the manager wants uh, the, this internship to start in January. Um, and I said, no, I said, you know, I don't think, uh, my living accommodations here at UT would, uh, you know, I, I just, I just think I can pull this off. Um, pause, 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 yeah. pause. <laughs> what in God's name were you thinking when you said no? <laughs> I, I guess I was so set on a summer internship that something outside of that, um, just seemed absurd. And also, um, it just, I, I felt like I, I had to be in school. I felt like there was some rule for it or, or that was like the system, that was like what you had to do. Um, I didn't think like taking off a semester um, as a freshman was like such a good idea, perhaps. Um, and I, I guess I kind of had hope for like another team um, picking me up for the summer or something. 
because um, I guess in my mind that was just the I- ideal outcome, and I wanted to you know be at school the next semester. Um. Hmm. <laughs> now, now, fortunately for you, you have a mother who I think is probably unlike most parents. I think most parents would have probably agreed with your initial decision to say no. Yeah. And said, hey, stay in school. This opportunity will come around another time. Like, keep going. But what does your mom say? Yeah, so I, I was talking to her later the day, and, and she was kind of like, you should take the interview. Like, what are you doing? Like, you, this, the very least you could do is practice, right? Like, you get interview practice, and whether you, uh, whether you end up going or not is, is you know, uh, besides the point. Yes. What's mom's name? Uh, Ching, Ching Turner. Ching, Ching, wherever you are, Miss Turner, listen, I just want to say thank you on behalf of all of those um, helicopter parents out there who aren't steering their children in the right direction, which is to take calculated risk and to go out there. And thank you so much for turning Kevin around, because who knows? I mean, who knows if an opportunity like that comes back around, right? Right, right. So you do it. And then and then next steps, then, then what happens? Um, yeah. So then I write back, right. You know, like, uh, upon further consideration, yada, 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 I would, <laughs> I, I would be available for this, this opportunity. And, uh, you know, the recruiter's like, great, you know, I'll set up an interview. And, uh, I had, I had a couple phone interviews, uh, within, within the span of a few days. I think I had one on Friday and the second round on Monday. Um, and then I think I had the offer by that Tuesday, which was crazy. So, you know, you just said something and this is something I missed. You had actually turned down the interview, not the gig yet. You turned the interview down. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow, Kevin. And you were in my class at the time. Had I taught you anything? <laughs> it, <laughs> I mean, what, what was I? I feel like a failure as a professor, right? I mean, my whole <laughs> class is about taking risk and pushing the envelope. And then you turned down the interview. I'm fail- I failed you. Yeah. I failed you. Yeah. Can you, do you remember our conversation during the semester when you were telling me this? I was like, wait, hold on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rewind. You did what? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you get the gig. Now talk about, you know, I think that the thing that kept you from interviewing, you kind of mentioned the housing situation and sort of all of these micro issues. In retrospect, you know, you chose to take it. You went from Texas to California. Um, did that process of sort of extracting yourself from UT, was it as difficult as you had thought that it would be? Uh, no, it was not as difficult as I thought it would be. Um, <laughs> in fact, the, the, the housing situation is very easily taken care of. Um, I was living in the dorms. I don't know why I thought I couldn't pull out. Um, you live in the dorms, it's way easier than you have an apartment and you've signed a lease, right? You can just tell them like, hey, I've got this internship. I won't be here next semester. Um, you know, please don't charge me, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And then how about, you know, with school and your department? What does that look like? Um, you just don't sign up for classes. It's pretty <laughs> much what happens. Um, th- there, had, there was a little work I had to do in, in contacting um, the scholarship foundation, the Terry Foundation, um, the foundation that I've been fortunate enough to receive a scholarship from and told them, hey, I'm, I'm going to take a semester off. But again, that was just a matter of providing uh, – documentation that I was indeed um, doing this internship. And how old were you when you set sail for California? Uh, I was 18. 18 years old. 18 years old. You told the housing folks, hey, I won't be here. They're like, great. We actually have a waiting list of people. So um, good luck. (laughs) And you told the the scholarship people and they're like, great. Okay, we can send the check somewhere else or pay you when you go back to school. We'll save some money and get some more interest. Um, And then you find your way to Apple. Talk about sort of the first days 
on the job, what were some of the things that surprised you and some things you hadn't anticipated? Sure, sure. So uh, I started beginning of January. Um, I would say I would say the first few weeks were pretty intimidating to me. I definitely had moments where I felt I was very un- underqualified. Um, there's there's just like a lot to learn. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I, quite frankly, haven't taken the courses over. Um, and and at that point, it it, it just felt it, it felt uh, like kind of overwhelming to see all these terms that I didn't know about um, and all these these concepts that I was just unfamiliar with. Um, but as time goes on, you really um, you're able to to get a footing, and um, you know you got to ask dumb questions. You can't be afraid to ask dumb questions. I would uh, I would like kind of write down questions as I would look through our my team's code base, and and I would um, I would like switch off asking to different engineers, so I wouldn't bug <laughs> I wouldn't bug the same engineer uh, with the same like, stupid questions all day. I would you know like dole it out across the team across the. Team. <laughs> So yeah, so you're like, okay, I've already asked Sarah one question this week. Let me go ask Mark next week. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, what were you know, what are some of the things you've worked on that you can tell us about that have been kind of interesting? Sure, sure. Um, so um, I work. Um, I've been been working on kind of debug infrastructure for the uh, Core OS team, and the Core OS team is responsible for uh, a lot of the lower level parts of uh, the operating system in both the Mac and iOS uh, platforms. Um, and so some of the stuff I've worked on include um, I've written kind of a system for routing uh, different bug reports different places based on like based on signatures there. It would analyze the text and figure out, OK, I see this pattern of text. That means it's just be assigned to so and so. Or I see this pattern of text. Um, we should run this additional command to uh, get additional information. Um, wow. So stuff like that. Um, it's been it's been quite interesting. Uh, there's a lot of um, a lot of exposure to operating systems. Uh, which is like, like I said, I haven't taken an operating systems course. So I guess it's been a nice primer for when I go back to school. See, folks in the tribe, I want you to hear this. All right. Like half the stuff Kevin's been working on, he had no exposure to before landing at Apple. But I think the like the great takeaway is like say yes to the opportunity and then figure it out once you get inside. Right. Like, yeah. you know, you could have been like, well, uh, well, you you tried to say no, and then mom saved us. And then you get there, and once you figure out there's some things you don't know, you just got to ask people. And I love your technique of saying, okay, I've got a lot of questions. I don't want to ask, you know, Susan the same, you know, I don't want to ask the same person a ton of questions. Let me spread this around, ask a person here or there. And I think one thing that um, I think of when I hear you is that from the other perspective. So from their perspective, they may not interpret this as, oh, this kid doesn't know what he's doing. Actually, they may see it as, oh, this is an opportunity for me to kind of show what I know and to pass some lessons along. So it's not necessarily the case that the person that you asked a question to is going to just think you're an idiot. They want to talk about their profession. They enjoy it and they see it as a way to to teach. Yeah, absolutely. How many uh, months have you been there? Um, Coming up on four months. Okay, and so when does this all end for you? Um, I actually recently just got an extension. Um, I'll, <laughs> I'll be here till the end of August, and uh, basically I'll finish up here and I'll go right back to Austin and uh, go to school. Now, what do you think the odds are that you don't come back to Austin in the year two thousand eighteen? <laughs> I think the odds are the odds are low that I'm not going to come back. I think I think I very much will come back. Um, in fact, like this position and, and being exposed to all these concepts make me realize like how much more I have to learn. I, I get that a lot. Like, are you really going to come back to school? Um, and I think the answer is very much yes. I think there's a lot uh, to learn. I think it certainly takes some pressure off of school. I feel like, um, 
now that I've had uh, a good amount of corporate experience. But um, there's still there's still so much that I don't know, and there's still mm-hmm. so much I need to learn. And Excellent. School's, school's an important part of all that. Yeah. So I want to ask you, are there any lessons from our class? I know it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. You've been out in the sunshine. You've been hanging out, coding, getting free meals every day in Cupertino and living the life. But are there any lessons from our class that um, have been able to sort of help you as you've been navigating the internship world? Sure. Um, I think I think the the takeaway that spoke the most to me um, from your class was probably the lesson on grit. Um I think it's easy for us to fall into this mentality of, and, and particularly the book, you know, Talent is Overrated, was probably my favorite of all the, all the ones we had to read last semester. Um, I think a lot of us fall in the mentality of like, oh, I don't have it, right? You know, I'm not talented. Um, and, and, you know, that, that book really just shines a light on like all these people that you think are quote unquote talented, you know, really just work their butts off, right? Hmm. Um, and, and I think that that helped a lot in the beginning when it was like, you know, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what any of this is. I don't know if I'm going to be successful. Um, and it just becomes like, you know, I, I will stay here and ask questions and, you know, look around on the company wiki until I, I make this work. Right. Um, yeah. and there's, there's, um, there, that's, that's probably been the biggest takeaway by far for me is, is just keeping at it and, and getting out of the mindset of, you know, oh, I just don't have it. I'm not, I'm not good at that. Yeah. You know, and, um, so folks in the tribe, Kevin, reference talent is overrated that's by george colvin um i have used probably six to seven different books in my classes and the number one book that people reference in terms of a book that's made an impact on them and they've been able to incorporate into their lives after the class has been talent is overrated and colvin just goes through all of the great research that debunks this thing of this notion of talent and it being natural and you know something that you know a couple of people kind of get the pixie dust and then other people don't um and he really just brings to light that you gotta you gotta put the work you know the the time and you gotta punch the clock and you gotta get the hours of experience and you can you can get up to a level of expertise by putting in the work and spending the time. Um, I want to ask you this, Kevin, what are some things that keep you going, whether they're songs, podcasts, books, magazines, movies, sitcoms, like are there some things that sort of uh, when you need to get away a little bit from your coding work that kind of keep you, keep you in the go lane? Um, it's a good question. Um, I would say I like to to look at the the stories of others. Um, mm-hmm. I've you know like I've looked around on you know maybe like LinkedIn and other places like that for for profiles of people who you know in, particularly in the tech industry and and kind of the their journeys that they had to take um, and you know they take really weird paths you know and it's uh, it's just it's just inspiring to see what they've uh, like others are able to accomplish and and uh, it kind of puts me in the mindset of of, um, you know, what do I want to accomplish? Nice. Nice. Okay. We're going to move to the two minute drill, couple of rapid fire questions. I'll give you a little time to think through them. But the first one is this, what is the title of the book that you have not written? Okay. Um, it would, it would have to be, um, taking risks. Hmm. There's, Hmm. there's, uh, I mean, I, I feel like I have so much to go. I feel like I'm, I'm, you know, just getting started. So I feel like it's hard to come up with the title um, so early on in, into things. But um, like, you know, if I had it, like you said, like if I hadn't written back and said, like, you know, just kidding, I'm, I'm good for this interview. 
um, you know, I wouldn't be here. I would be, you know, back in school and I, you know, like I probably wouldn't be working at Apple, which has been, you know, crazy. So, um, yeah, it would, I, I would, I would hope that whenever I get to the point where I'm writing a book, um, I've taken enough risks to write a book about it. Nice. Nice. Next question. What is the, what is the big thing for you? So when you close your eyes and think of yourself 20 years from now, are there some big accomplishments on the horizon or, or things that you want um, to achieve that kind of scare you a little bit? Like what's the, what's the big thing for Kevin? Sure. Um, so I think, um, you know, I, I got interested in your programming because of that, uh, you know, the social network movie. And I was drawn by the power of um, you know, writing code. Um, and, and in that context, it's about starting your own company and doing your own thing. Right. And, I've really enjoyed working at Apple. I have a lot of admiration for the company. Um, and I think I will end up working here for some amount of time. But um, I, at the end of the day, when you're working at a company, you're working on someone else's vision. You're just working on someone else's dream, right? And, and I think the ultimate goal for me in the long run is, is to be working on my own dream, right? Like having my own company, perhaps. That, that, that's something that's obviously drew me to programming. And I think that's something that uh, I will return to. Hmm. Last one. All right, Kevin, we're, we're going to go to the end of your life and don't get too more, but it's okay. It's just something to think through last tweet. So you have to sign off to the world and you're going to send one last tweet out there to humanity. What would it say? Um, anyone who did anything great, uh, didn't know what they were doing at some point along the way. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, and I've heard, you know, you mentioned Zuckerberg. I had a great um, interview with him and Reed Hoffman, so one of the co-founders of LinkedIn, um, on this podcast called Scale. And Zuckerberg talked about the fact that he never thought that he was building Facebook. Like, <laughs> he's like, you, you know, he started working on this thing, and it was really challenging, and he was enjoying it. But it's not like he he never set out to create this global network to connect people you know, across the earth. And, uh, but he kept chasing what he thought was fun and challenging. And then Facebook sort of ended up being the byproduct of that, of that love. So I love it. Good tweet. <laughs> Kevin, man, listen, I actually am going to, I'm going to put your probability of returning to the university of Texas in 2018 at around, mm, I'm going to say 43%. <laughs> I think that the folks in Cupertino are going to find some other project or a way to entice you to, to stay in the West. Um, but regardless of whether or not you come back or you, you stay out there, um, it's been a pleasure to teach you in class. I'm glad that mama saved you from yourself and convinced you to take that, that interview out. A couple of things I just want to wrap up and some points that I wrote down as we were talking you mentioned that you, you know, for folks out there in the tribe, Kevin talked about that he he coded on the side. So I think, you know, that just shows us the power of the side hustle. And you may have your nine to five, eight to five, whatever it may be. But if there's something that keeps pulling your time away, just keep cultivating that because you never know when the side hustle becomes becomes the main hustle. And another point you made, you talked about the fact that you thought that uh, you actually had done better on that first interview with the coding question that you had done. And so a part of that is the reason why 
you reached out to them when you had not heard back. And I think so many of us, if we don't get an answer back, we just assume that it's a no. And we wouldn't, I don't think I would have taken the risk to reach back out to an employer and say, Hey, I don't know if you forgot about me or not, but, uh, I think you probably, I think I'm pretty good at what I do and you should uh, consider me. So right. kudos to you. I, mean, I know you, I know you didn't say it that way, but I think just that follow up and, and being willing to put yourself out there in that way. Um, and then not being afraid to ask. I think folks in the tribe, you know, Kevin's living it and he's a, he's a, you know, young man in a, in a big company and there's some things he doesn't know, but he's asking people for advice and for insights and he's been able to get better. So Kevin, thank you so much for blessing the tribe with your insights and, and stories from Cupertino, the mothership of Apple. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to today's show. For show notes and to get goodies to all of the links from the show, visit a tribe called yes.com. That's a tribe called yes.com. And I have one ask for you. If you like the show, give us a rating on iTunes or Stitcher. It would really help us to spread the gospel of the tribe. And finally, special thanks to Samantha Skinner and Jacob Weiss, our co-producers and partners in crime for serving up incredible episodes every single week from the University of Texas. Now go out there this week, slay some dragons, and keep saying yes.